So last week we talked about the things that Jesus had to say about the Pharisees, a group of religious leaders that not only seemed to care, or rather that only seemed to care about the outside. That's all they cared about was the outside of the cup and making it as difficult as possible for anyone to truly know and to truly follow after God. As a reminder, here are some of the things that, that Jesus had to say to them. I want this to be on your minds as we go forward today. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. This is out of Matthew 23. It's not going to be on the screen today, so just follow with me best you can. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're, they're full of greed and, and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee first cleaned the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. And then he said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and, and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, were all about what this video had to say. They were all about appearances. They were all about the outside, all about what was being presented. There's another passage of Scripture that comes out of Matthew chapter 15 that I wanted to share with you today. And in that passage, and we talked a little bit about this last week, it says, it says, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why does your disciple what is your, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. And this is a ceremonial washing. And Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me, it's a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people, they honor me with their lips, the things that they say. But their hearts, their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You think about it, if, if religion for you, your understanding of Christianity is that, then it's very powerless. There's nothing special about it if all church is for you or Christianity is for you is rules, a religion that's taught by men. And so Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? You know, this past couple of weeks, I was telling you about a podcast that I had started. And, you know, I started one the first time about clothing that you wear. The second one was about what does the Bible have to say about alcohol. And it wasn't purposely to stir things up, but I knew that it would probably offend some people. 
This kind of comes to my mind as Jesus says this. The disciples come to Jesus. Do you realize that you offended the Pharisees when you said this? And he replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. For they are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. He said, are you still so dull? Jesus was pretty direct when he spoke, wasn't he? Are you, are you still so dull? Love that. And Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. And so Jesus says the real issue that we're talking about, that we're dealing with, is the heart. It's what's on the inside, not on the outside, that I'm concerned about. The true measure of a person has not to do with the outside, but the inside. It's the whole issue of the heart. Now, in Matthew 23, where we had wrapped things up last week with was this passage where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You shut the door of the kingdom of God in people's faces because of these external, because of these outside things that have nothing to truly do with the heart, the rules that have been made up by men, and they're powerless. And because of those things, you're shutting the door in those people's faces. As I mentioned last week, our desire as a church is to continue to kick open the door of the kingdom for those who want to enter. We need to be a church that's removing those obstacles, if you will, that are often standing in the way of people hearing and seeing who Jesus really is. When people understand that Jesus is more than these rules made up by men, when they see the passion and the love that Jesus has for them, that is a very powerful thing. You see, the church... The church, unfortunately, has often been, been known by the things that we are against. The Pharisees were people who, and by the way, are still alive and well in many places, that have made church about following rules, about the clothes you wear, about not drinking alcohol, about money. These are all examples of barriers that have been put in the way of people truly hearing and understanding what Jesus is all about. So the church has become, unfortunately, what God is against rather than what he's for. And Jesus continued to bring up this issue a lot. We see this whole chapter dedicated to, to condemning the Pharisees for living a life and preaching a life like that. You see Jesus always, always at battle with the Pharisees. 
as Jesus is delivering and sharing truth that is about to change lives, right there next to them, next to him, are the Pharisees, always pointing fingers, always trying to drag down, always trying to distract from real change happening. So Jesus brings up this issue a lot. I think it's important for us to understand some of the things he says, being the kind of church that we are, that I believe is trying to kick open that door so that people see who Jesus really is. In Matthew chapter 16, it wasn't long after Jesus and the disciples had been in this particular area where there was a, a bunch of people that had followed Jesus, and they were listening to him teach, and they were hungry. Jesus says, I'm afraid that if we, we send them away that they could faint on the way back home. We need to feed these, you know, in, one, in a couple different cases. In one case, you know, 4,000 just counting the men, not including the women and the children, a lot of people. And they had just come from this amazing miracle where, where Jesus had provided, provided bread and fish to feed all this multitude of people. And in Matthew chapter 16, we go into the situation where the disciples, it says they went across the lake. I'm not sure if they're still on the boat or they're on the other side, but it says this, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. And Jesus, always using an opportunity with what's happening, uses this as a teachable moment. And he says, be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they discussed among themselves and said, is it because we, we didn't bring any bread? Which is interesting because they had just, you know, there was plenty of bread left over. They said it was like 12-some basketfuls. And so the disciples are talking to each other. And aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, he said, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about, about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. The yeast is something that is a small little thing, but when it gets into bread, it continues to grow and grow and spread. And Jesus is saying to guard against the teachings of the Pharisees. It's something that has to be guarded against because, quite honestly, a focus that's on the outside does not lead to real change. If you get someone to, to come into church or someone you encounter and, and, and they don't know Jesus from, from Adam and they start changing up their clothes and put on a nice tie and come to church... What's really changed in that person's life? Not one thing. That's cleaning the outside of the cup. The Pharisees were all about, as we mentioned, thousands and thousands of these little tiny rules that literally did absolutely nothing to truly change lives. They were rules that were, that were taught by men. They were not things that God was using to target the heart to target true change in someone's life. So focus on the outside does not lead to that kind of change. And all kinds of knowledge, like the Pharisees had as well, without action is worthless. 
The Pharisees were a group of religious leaders, the Sadducees as well, that knew all kinds of things. They knew the Bible inside and out. Actually, to be one of the Pharisees, I believe they had to have, I believe the entire Old Testament memorized. And they would build up over time these disciples to understand and to know these things, but they just literally had it memorized word for word. But that knowledge did nothing if it was not acted upon. And we can come to church and we can hear things plenty of times and not do anything about it. And the whole problem with the Pharisees was that they, they basically taught those things. They focused on the outside. They focused on gaining and acquiring knowledge, but doing absolutely nothing with it. They were very studious. They knew every aspect of the law, so much so that they continued to create, as we mentioned last week, these fence laws, these things that didn't even want to get close to breaking the commandments, so we would do this instead. We wouldn't even get close to those kind of things. They were very studious. But Jesus, in the midst of their studiousness, in the midst of all this, said essentially, though, that the Pharisees were wicked. They did not put into action what Jesus had to say. They did not put into action what the Word of God said. We have to be careful, Jesus says in the passage that we looked at earlier, about what comes out of the heart. Now, we want to be quick for a church like us to point to the Pharisees and say all this kind of stuff is dumb, it's not what the Bible says, and, and we begin to kind of creep up onto our high horse. But what the, the point of what we mentioned last week of kicking open the door of the kingdom and, and removing those barriers, it does no good to tell someone about Jesus when they do see the inside of your cup, and it's still just as nasty as everyone else. And so if we're going to be a people of God that are removing those barriers for them to truly see Jesus, the barriers that really need to be removed, if you will, if we consider ourselves, are the, are the things that are, that are brewing around on the inside. People need to see the real deal. They need to see the purity of Christ in our lives. And so we've got a, a real issue that we need to focus on what's in here. And you know it too. You know that there are those moments where what's really on the inside comes out. And it comes out in stress. It comes out in the middle of, of arguments with people. It comes out on the, on the road as someone cuts you off. Something negative happens at work. Whatever issue it is, you see it come out. And that stuff's in there. And if you're like me and you see that stuff come out, you're thinking, man, what in the world? You ever said this shit is wrong with me? Where is this coming from? We need to be able to deal with those things. How do you control the heart? Because the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. I want to share with you just some passages this morning in the time that we have that talks about the heart. It says this in Luke chapter 12, verse 33. It says, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth 
destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I think the primary question when it comes to the issue of our hearts is, what are your ambitions? What is it exactly that you're trying to accomplish in your life? What exactly is it in your life that you're trying to build? What is your life about? Ask yourself that question. Ask some other people that kind of observe you all the time. What would they say that your life is about? That's not going to answer every question related, but it will give you an illuminating experience many times to say, this guy to me, is just, he's just all about golf. That's all he cares about. That's all he cares about. And so everything else just kind of revolves around those things. And if someone gets in the way of your tea time, then you're irritated. Then you're irritated here, you're t- well, whatever it is. There are different aspects of what becomes your life or God's oftentimes. What is your life about? What is it that truly matters to you? It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And I want to say that today to all of us in the sense that we don't just hear that intellectually today, but that we struggle with that right now. And as we leave and we say, Where, what is my treasure? Because if you're concerned about what's coming out of your heart, the things that are happening in your heart, there's more desires. And I just use a silly example of golf. That's probably just one little thing, you know, of a much of, there's a bunch of stuff, a collection of those things that matter the most to you. What is the treasure? If things get in the way of that treasure, we get nasty. And stuff comes out. The thing is, if our number one treasure is Jesus, if our number one treasure is Jesus, the things that we seek after, the things that we do naturally change if he is our treasure. We'll come back to that. In Psalm 119.10, it says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. See, he doesn't want just a little bit. He wants everything. And what we typically do in America is we segment different aspects of our life. Every other Monday, I do this. On Tuesday, I do this. I need to get up earlier so I can do this. And this is important. And you can see kind of the schedule if you lay it out. Really, the, the true, true maker of what's important to us is where we're spending our time, usually. That's the most valuable commodity, even more than money lately. Jesus doesn't want just a little bit. He's not just a Sunday thing. He wants everything. What does that really mean for you in your life and in your priorities? And what ends up coming out of your heart? Psalm 51 says this, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. A broken heart and a humble heart is really one that you, you kind of get to the bottom of your rope before and you realize all the other stuff you were seeking after doesn't matter. 
when you get to that point of humbleness and brokenness, realizing that Jesus is truly all that matters. Sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart of God. You will not despise. In Hebrews 10, talks about coming to God. It says, let us draw near to God with a, in a full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, we can't change what comes out of the heart with external things. It has to be about truly evaluating where our treasure lies. Is your treasure, is your heart truly set on Christ? One of the things that, that I really, really hope for as a part of, of real life church is that people really do see Jesus. That we get past the things that don't matter to the things that really do. I believe that God has given us something very special in this church. And I believe that being able to truly be who we are, knowing that God's working on us, of course, but being who we are is, this is an amazing thing to actually walk into a church and not worry what people think about you. That you can come in as you are and, and let God do his work. It's a pretty amazing thing. I don't think we care less about clothes and all this other stuff that I've mentioned. But one of the things that I believe that we need to do is guarding against, if you will, the yeast of the Pharisees. We have to take what we have. And we've got to give it to Jesus. I was talking last week about what are you doing to kick open the kingdom of God for those that need Jesus. And all of us together need to come to this point where we're united and we're moving forward for that. That we're using our voice, that we're using our, our skills, our talents in individual ways and united to make a difference so that people truly see Jesus. And the story that's cool about Jesus feeding the, the 5,000 and the two different stories where he's feeding all these people is it all began, as you know the story, with just, just a little bit of bread and a few fish. And God took that, that little bit and made something huge out of it. Bread was always a symbol for life. It took just a little bit that this boy had to bring, this little sack lunch, if you will, and fed thousands with it. You know, I, I sit back and I, I want to give you example after example of what you should do as an individual. But I don't know what the, that is for you. You know, and I can't tell you what that is. But I can simply ask you to do this, is to pray and to really listen. God told me to do a podcast. He verified it in ridiculous ways. You know, you work with social media at Oliver Gospel. This is what happened to me. So this one day, I'm at Oliver Gospel, and in the middle of Facebook pops up a message from a pastor friend of mine has a couple of kids that are really struggling. 
And this guy just gets on there, and he's talking about how he just really wanted to end his life. It's kind of burn everything down, just negative, negative, negative. And I typically don't even interact with that on Facebook. I might post something occasionally, like stuff. You know, I'm more of a producer because I have to do that for work all the time. Every day I have four posts on Facebook, four posts on Twitter, four posts. I mean, it's just exhausting. So for me to interact is unusual. But I felt like I should say something to him. And it was just really just some basic encouraging praying for you, I'm sorry you're feeling the way you're feeling kind of stuff. And it turned out to be this long conversation that went on for a couple of hours afterward, (laughs) in addition. But as a result of that conversation, he ended up talking with his mother and was willing to get some help from her because they live a good ways away from here. The next, and that night, I hear from his mom, and, and she says, thank you so much for reaching out to him. You know, glad that God used you in that moment. It felt great. I did something. And I was just using something simple like social media. And so I get on my email, and I've been thinking about the whole podcasting thing, and I see, see this other Christian leader that had just come out with a podcast. And you don't see what the title is or what it's about until you click on it. And I click on it and open it up, and it's a podcast completely about using social media for ministry. So it's just like God just kind of smacked me in the face and said, do this. And God's using it. It's actually been really, really cool and and fun to do. And I'm excited for what's ahead. One little thing, one little bit of bread and fish, and God's, God's spreading it out. What is it that he's given you? What is it? that he wants you to do. And it does not have to be these major big things. We have this mentality that you have to be a a pastor of a church or a teacher of this class of whatever to make a difference. And that's just not the case. It's simply a matter of taking the opportunities that God puts in front of you. Taking your fish and your bread and putting it out there to bring life. You see, what we have right here in my opinion, in this room is gold. Because there's a lot of people out there that may not be coming to church listening to believers because they've run across a different kind of Christian. The kind that are holding the signs and the kind that are the Pharisees that are talking about all the stuff that doesn't matter. And I believe that you are a group of people that are talking about the things that do matter. And what if those people would come in contact with you? You're not just another average Joe sitting in a chair. Jesus brought us together for a reason. I had no plan, if you guys know the story from the beginning, to ever be a pastor. I did not want it. I really didn't. I've been in youth ministry for years, all this kind of stuff, kind of run from the leadership thing many times. And God brought it here. So I don't believe that's for nothing. And I have a lot more I have a lot of faith in you guys. I just really want to continue to encourage you to find out what that is. If it's social media, if it's a podcast, if it's your own little Bible study, if it's you realizing I'm going to start talking to people and not missing those opportunities, if it's inviting people to church, one of the greatest things about this place is being a safe place for those that that can walk in and hear about Jesus without worrying about the outside stuff. What if you're an amazing inviter? Right? 
You're just the best inviter ever, if that's even a word. Probably not. That'd be huge. You realize how much of a ministry, if you guys are just all inviters? Because, you know, if this is, this is the kind of place that people like that could be comfortable. You could walk in. They don't know Jesus at all. Whatever issues, it doesn't matter, right? They can walk in those doors, and we're going to love them right where they are, and they're going to hear about Jesus. What if you were just an amazing inviter? Stinking invite people. This isn't so that we can get to be a big church. I think we've gotten past that. I think we could care less about the number of people that are here. But what I do care about is people being able to have the same thing that we do. Same peace and love of Jesus. There's going to come a point that we're going to figure out how to come together and get that traction And I continue to pray for that, and I continue to try to figure that out because, quite honestly, our schedules are nuts, you know? Every other week you're here, this week, because you've got this going on, that going on, it works like this and works like that. And we can, I can get frustrated about that as a pastor, I'm going to be honest, and that's my confession. I get irritated with that. But only because I want us to hit that point where we hit our stride. Where, say, I know you're training up for this Axe Metro run. There comes a point where you hit that runner's high, and you're like, You don't even feel any pain, and you're just going. There's going to be a moment like that for real life church where everything's coalesce, everything begins to gel, and we truly take the mantle that God's given us. I'm going to be patient for that. I'm going to continue to pray for that. But again, it's it's so that we truly, truly reach people for Jesus. I don't know where in the world I would be if I didn't have Christ. I don't. I don't want other people to be in that dark place where they feel alone. They don't know him. And, it, and when they really see it, you know, and they realize that we're not just trying to build this huge church, that we just care about building this culture where people come in nice clothes and fancy coffee. It's not about the coffee for us. It's not about clothes. It's about the music. It's about any of that. It's about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about him. There are a lot of other churches out there, a lot of other places people can go or be, but this is what God's called us to be. This is what God's called us to do. Will you simply just walk out of here today with two things on your mind? Number one, the heart. God, what is it? Where is my heart? What is it that I care about the most? And for fear of sounding like I don't know what the word is. The most important thing, it is Jesus. It just simply is. There's all kinds of things in our life. The only thing that lasts is him. But where, where's our heart in relation to that? Ask yourself that. Lord, where is it? What do I care about? All these other things fit in there somewhere, but are you at the top? Is that really true for you? Because if it is, things without me having to say anything at all and sounding legalistic, change if he's number one. And it looks a little bit different for everybody, okay? That's the first question. And the second thing is, pray about what is your niche? How is Jesus going to use you? What are you supposed to do? I think you guys are telling me you found something pretty amazing. Talk to Sally and Dave about what, what's going on with them. It's pretty cool. But you've got to open up and pray about it. And really listen. Because if here's the thing, if you're focused on you, you're never going to see it. 
You're focused on the things you want to do and the amount of time you think you have for your stuff. You're never going to see it. You're never going to do it. You know, I've got to be honest with you, to try to have a decent podcast takes a whole lot more time than I thought. Started out just getting in the car and trying to talk, but I'm not that good. Just not. I have to think about it. I have to do it five times till I get it right. Those two things, your heart and your calling, that's what this series is about. It's your holy calling. This is not just a gathering for us to have church together. God's called us together for a mission, for a reason. Otherwise, what's the point? This is not a social club. That's exhausting and worthless. This is about Jesus and sharing with others what we've got. Y'all stand with me? Lord, I thank you that for all of us here, for me as well, Lord, that there was a point in our lives where we there was nothing standing between us and you, and we saw you in all your glory, and we said, man, I, I want that. I love you, and, I, and here's my life. I want to follow you. I don't know exactly even what that means, but here I am, giving you everything. Lord, along the way, you've taught us so much, but sometimes we get distracted and we get busy, and we lose track of why we're here. And Lord, I pray that you would show us Individually, what is that niche? What's that thing we're supposed to do? And Lord, I pray that you would also bring us together, that you would unite us for your kingdom's sake. Lord, we pray for those that don't know you, Lord, that they would know you and that you would use us, Lord, in the midst of all of our fears and inadequacies to share the truth and the love with them of, of you. Lord, help us to not be finger pointers at the Pharisees, but rather people that are just so in love with you that our heart, out of, out of it comes anything and everything that just glorifies you. That it's obvious where we stand. That it's obvious who we love. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your church. Thank you, Lord, that this, all, this is all about you and not about us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.